a.k.a. responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours, too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear on this podcast or anywhere else for that matter, especially on social media, until you've independently <laughs> verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. Episode 73. The only thing that I came up with, and I started just watching The Big Bang Theory. I've never watched it up until this virus. I was looking for new shows I've never watched to binge on, so I would start watching that. So is this a quick recommendation for The Big Bang Theory? Sure. I like how it's a new show. Yeah, to me. Actually, it just went off the air. Didn't it just finish? Yeah, but don't they have young Sheldon on now, though? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, is like jumping the shark. Anyway, so number 73 was Sheldon's favorite number. He had multiple t-shirts with that number on it. I can't remember his real name, but his birthday was in 1973. So there was a scientific connection to it that I don't remember. But anyway. Probably something to do with the periodic table. Yeah. A little Sheldon shout out from the heathens. Yep. We'll give it some love. On today's podcast, Jerry claims we'll never get past the pandemic, but will Jeff and I mock him or will we eventually join him in his despair? And surprise, surprise, there's more evangelical preachers and now bikers are acting irresponsibly. But first, tonight's liquid libations of choice. Jerry, what you got over there? Well, since this open will portray me as salty, I went the opposite direction and I am doing a Rocky Road ice cream stout from Wild Leap the favorite brewery of choice by one-third of the godless heathens, as Don called the buffalo on the can brewery. Oh, oh, I believe that's LaGrange, Georgia's own wild leap brewery. For sure, LaGrange, where you drive past on the way to Florida. I'm not digging this one. I'm on a cold streak, and I've had three sips, and it's warm, but I may have to go to the fridge for for <laughs> a replacement. no Call in the bullpen. Give me the right-hander. Yeah, right. Sometimes some other stuff is like too sweet. I don't think warmth is going to, you know, mellow that out. Maybe I'm not a milk stout guy either. And you are just now finding this out. You know, Don, we're always learning. <laughs> Particularly as atheists. <laughs> milk stout, you have to do that just right. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. They do that to make it smooth, but you can overdo it. So what I'm drinking here, I I went back to the back of my fridge again because I need to clear space for additional inventory. And this is from 2018. So I kind of like going back to the years where, you know, we could actually live life as intended. This is from Monday night. This is a special release, Antimeridium. It's a bourbon barrel imperial brown ale with maple syrup, coffee, and vanilla aged in bourbon barrels. Yes. Comes in at 13.5. Ooh. Wow. It's a good one. Heavy. Yeah, mine's light at 10.2. That might be heavier than my wine. It might be. Nope. 
Exactly the same. 13.5. There you go. Step up your game, Jerry. Loser. (laughs) And finally, I'm having what may be my new go-to house wine. I discovered this wine on my first trip to the DeKalb Farmer's Market. And I was a little apprehensive because it was so inexpensive. Now, everything that they have there is less expensive than you would pay, say, like at the grocery store or a liquor store, by at least a couple of dollars a bottle. And I saw this one, and it was literally $5 a bottle. And I'm like, well, how good can it be? Well, how bad can it be? So I picked up a couple of bottles. I picked up a red blend. You know how I like red blends. And I picked up one of their Cabernets. And I tried both of them. And both of them were really good. I really enjoyed both of them. So the last time I went, I went ahead and picked up a few more. One of the ones that I found was a wine and a grape that I've never heard of. The name of the wine is 120 Reserva Especial. It is a Chilean wine. And apparently, this particular grape that this wine is made from is also the name of the wine. And it is the signature grape of Chile. And I don't speak Spanish, so I had to go to my Google Translate to find out how you pronounce this. And I'm 100% positive that according to Google Translate, the name of this wine is... Carminere. (laughs) So, I'm having a 120 Reserva Special Santa Rita Carminere from 2018. And the moral of that story is keep your standards low and you're never disappointed. So you should have the same low standards that Don has and give us a five-star rating or connect with us on Twitter at Godless Podcast, our private Facebook group. Drop us an email at godlessheathens at yahoo.com and basically tell the world how great you think we are. Or you can just tell us. Sure. We're tired of telling ourselves how great we are. Please have you tell us how great we are. But speaking of great, I'm not feeling that America is great. Uh, it's been a shit week. I'm not feeling super positive. And it was kind of a, a negative aha moment. Is that the same thing as an uh-oh moment? Mm. Kind of an oh shit, kind of slump your shoulders, heavy sigh. Realized that I was faking myself. You've always been kind of pessimistic about hope at the end of the tunnel. So there's something that's really taken you... <laughs> Off of that track, right? It sounds like you just put me on a worse one, but I'll, ex- <laughs> I'll but I'll accept it. Okay. Unfortunately, the light at the end of Jerry's tunnel is a train. It, it is. The thing is, it's going really slow. So when it runs me over, I'm not going to be instantly dead. It's going to be just this slow, creaking, crushing of all <laughs> the bones in my body until I'm dead. <laughs> Or something yeah, like that's, that. But that's that's kind of depressing there. I, I was kind of uh, kind of low level bummed out because I, I I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, and I don't want to be negative, but I I don't want to ignore what feels like is right in front of my face, and I am reminded of it on a daily basis, if not hourly, every other hour, or sometimes more. We're not doing anything collectively to stamp out the virus. We're not doing it. And by we, you mean these United States, not the world as a whole. These, yes. These contiguous 48 in Alaska and Hawaii. You know, Hawaii might even be doing better. I don't know. Well, and that's, that's the thing is, is like science is doing their part. They're doing the stuff to, at some point, get us out of this. 
but it takes cooperation. No, 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 no. I don't even believe that. Oh, okay. Wow. That's probably where you and I, that's one of the other main forks in the road. You have right. this belief that science is going to fix something, and I don't. Right, right. I think if there is a miracle vaccine or some type of all-encompassing cure that everybody can take. Well, there is. Haven't you heard? The Russians have it. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> you know what? This is one of those times when I wouldn't mind if they just kept it all there. You're not putting that in you, are you? Oh. <laughs> but if it happens, fantastic. But collectively, now, it's a fail of behavior. Oh, absolutely. It's a fail of yeah. community and shared purpose. And government. For sure. But it can be done. Not by us, but it's been proven time and time again. Yeah, other countries have done it. So New Zealand is the example. They got 100 cases now. Wait a second. I thought I just read that they had gone 100 days without a case. Right. But they're popping back. It popped back and popped back in a hurry. And it was only one person. Right. They went to a spa. So they went three months without one single transmission. Right. And then one guy goes and messes it up. But you don't know how they got it. So you don't even know if they were irresponsible. But either way, it does show you. That shows you. Yeah, I mean, this could be a series of 10 transmissions amongst people who were all asymptomatic before it ever got to him. Yeah, and even if we do the things that we're supposed to do and get out of it and flatten the curve and or make it less completely restrictive, it's still going to kind of be there. And it feels like it's a forest fire that you're going to be, at best, tamping out little hot spots forever. Yeah. But we're not there. And we're never going to get there because there is an active... It's not just denial, but it's denial. It's fuck you, lib. It's... Can't tell me how to do it. I'm an American and this is still a free country. Yeah. It's not in the Constitution. It's more harmful to wear a mask. Masks are actually dangerous. Or masks don't do anything. So, you know, take your pick of of what the anti-mask is. You're keeping carbon dioxide and poisoning your body. Or you can't tell me to wear one. It doesn't matter. We need to have a functioning economy. It's, what do you mean you're not opening schools? I demand my children be able to go to school in class just like before. And you can't tell me otherwise. A big part of this, too, is they're claiming that this is all overblown. That's the other one. Very few people are actually dying. If you look at the real numbers, it's kind of like the flu. And we don't close schools for the flu, do we? Right, yeah. Ooh, I, you know what? I just did it. I, I adopted an accent. <laughs> I was talking about somebody that I think is dumb. My bad. And all of those things together, very few of them seem like they are going to subside. Like those right. beliefs, you have pockets of people that believe one of them or groups of them. There's no set demographic that you know of that because that, those those beliefs are all over the board. There's the guy you came across on your run that, you know, you don't have to trust Fauci. The doctor. So what is going to convince those people otherwise? And the answer I came back with was nothing. Someone close to them dying is the only thing that I can think of that would make them change their mind. You know what? Maybe. 
It could, but what's going to convince the person, like the ghoulish lieutenant governor of Texas, that is basically kind of shrugging like, hey, grandma's time to go. If you got to go, then thanks for being a victim, at least in the battle to restore the economy. You've died in honor. Even in the case of Herman Cain, who he passed away from the COVID virus, but people in response, if you read his Twitter feed, which he's still tweeting on somehow <laughs> they explain it oh yeah because he had cancer no 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 they explain who they are and why they are going to continue to tweet they explain it oh i didn't see that okay what they don't say is that there's probably money behind it and there is a brand to maintain plus it's their opportunity to just bludgeon their political enemies 24 7 and there is actually kind of a precedent for it, because how long has Roger Ebert been dead for? And he's still tweeting? RogerEbert.com was carried on by his wife. Oh, okay. And that brand has absolutely lived on past his death. So Herman Cain's estate is doing the same thing, but what they are putting out there is a lot worse than what RogerEbert.com thinks of Frozen 2. <laughs> but I don't know how you're going to convince those people. I don't think those people want to be convinced and they have something to fight against, which led me to the next thought. Uh oh. We have way too much emotionally on the line for winning on November 3rd. Way more. This, I think, is the greatest liberal fooling themselves since the Mueller report. We were all excited, you know, Mueller's going to drop his report. Boom, it's going to be the hammer. And that went out with a whimper. It wasn't a whimper. It was like the crashing of expectations all over the nation. I remember during that time, it was either a meme or a political cartoon that came out. It could have been a political cartoon that got turned into a meme, but it was a cartoon drawing of Donald Trump and Robert Mueller sitting across the table from one another. And there was a checkerboard between the two of them. And on the checkerboard, Trump was playing checkers and Mueller was playing chess. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I first saw it, I was almost taken aback by how powerful it was. The fact that somebody was able to convey such a powerful message without even a single written word. And I still have it. And it's in my phone. And I, I come across it every now and again. And now when I see it, it's like a huge, massive letdown from the feeling it gave me when I first saw that same image. Like the shirts that looks like Miller Highlight, but it says it's Muller time. Oh, yeah. We didn't really want to talk about it. You know, kind of collectively as the liberal progressive left, we could stick our head in the sand good as anybody. And we totally did for that. And I think we got our head in the sand here. Super important that Biden wins. Like, earth-shatteringly important that he wins. However, even if he wins without a the-vote-is-rigged shit show, and if the current administration doesn't attempt to burn down the furniture in between November 3rd and January 20th, and they leave like they're supposed to. Even if all of that happens, nothing is going to change in the minds of people that put him into power. And then they will have a capital E enemy in the White House. 
And if we think that we're going to be singing happy days are here again when Biden wins, and we will be rejoicing because it would be a four-year hangover since the last election night. But it still isn't going to change the fact that there could be somebody who is a racist QAnon person in Congress. And all the trolls and the whole right-wing media ecosystem, they're not going away. And they are going to have a high-level target now. So in that case, we will have won a battle, but the war is going to be raging. And the idea of that really bummed me out. Yeah, so I share that same intrepidation, if that's the the right word for that, that um, these people, and there's a ton of them. These people. These people. Well, no, well. It's those the, people. The Trumpers, you know, the uh, and the cures. They're not going back under the rock. If anything, you know, they're going to be more inspired to take their country back. So if he loses, are they still going to be called Trumpers? What will the brand be when he loses? Well, I don't know if they call themselves Trumpers or not, do they? Or is that just a word we put on them? Oh, we definitely put that word on them. But yeah, but yeah. I think by calling them Trumpers, I would say most people would be totally fine with that. Can I throw out the term dotardarians? <laughs> Dotardian. They probably would not uh, go with that. but Probably not. 45ers? Uh, maybe. Mega hats. Yep. The maggers. They won't like any of that. But, right. I, I, you know, look, I want to travel. Yep. I want to go to a concert. You know, I want to go out to a restaurant again. And there is a conscious decision by a growing segment of the populace that is basically just aggressively YOLO and we're going to do, you know, we're not going to let this stop us. Yeah, we want life to go back to normal now. Well, they can kind of cloak it in, in, in like, a, honestly, in like an American individualism. Yes. We're not stopping. You know, we're Americans. Right. When did you, when did you people become sheep? Um, yeah, right. And to me, that's the ribbon that wraps around the whole thing. When we talk about, you know, these diverse groups that are in on this, that's, you know, the rugged American individualism. That's been instilled in us for decades, you know, even going back to the to the Wild West and all that. So that's the stumbling block. So long ago, though. I mean, come on. We're, we're so past that. To some extent, though, that whole... Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and self-made man mentality. I don't need the government's help. Those were passed down to you by your father who was passed down to him by his. Look, we're never going to, we're never, you know, when we get to the point where our society, where we have to hunt for our own food, that's going to be like Mad Max meets the road. Um, Apocalypse. Numbers will dwindle quickly. Yes, but I don't see it. The controversy over football now. What can we not try to push through some type of political filter where we're like divided on that now? Yeah. In a time when, you know, I was going to say, and as soon as I was about to say it, I realized, oh, that's probably not true. What I was going to say is we all want the virus to go away. And I don't think everybody does. I think we do. And the people we know do, but the other people are basically, we're going to live through it. And kind of if shit happens, it happens. I'm not going to let this stop me. The virus loves that. Yeah, but that's the thing is live through it. They think it's not a huge issue. They think it's, you know, just going to affect the people in nursing homes. That is, you know, not going to impact me. It's only like some of them. 
Um, Some of them think, if I get it, I get it. I'm rolling the dice. And, and if I live, I'll, I'll get over it and I'll move on. But yeah. we don't know what the long-lasting effects of having this is. Well, that's back to science, and they don't trust science. So It, it can be more difficult, and I think our side should take a lesson in this, is science isn't as black and white, truth or false, especially this early. It's ever evolving. We want to follow science so bad, we assume that science is going to cure everything. And science is always the answer. And that it's going to be quick or that it's even going to be possible. I'm shocked at how many people still think that this is something that only a matter of time before science swoops in and saves the day. Let me jump in there because that's where you and I have kind of that disconnect is I science does have the technology to provide both a vaccine and a therapeutic. They're working on that stuff. Those will be available. But the thing on a vaccine is, first of all, you have to trust your government to distribute it and to do it fairly. And unless we change administrations, that ain't going to happen. But even if we change administrations, and hopefully we will, there's a vast amount of people that aren't going to trust the vaccine. There's some good reason if they've truly rushed some of this stuff to where it's not proven to be safe. That's not the reason that they're rejecting the no, vaccine no. before it's even here. Right. Yeah. Some are thinking that Bill Gates is putting some kind of implant. They want to microchip you. The person who carries a cell phone around with them everywhere they go is worried about the government knowing where they are. <laughs> right. Fucking morons. Googling, TikTok, Facebooking. Yep. But I'm worried about the microchip. You don't need one. Yep. You're a, it's a portable one. You're microchip now. And by the way, you pay for the privilege. <laughs> At least the microchip would be free. But my point is, yes, there will be a resolution available. No, we... no, no, no. That's, you. that's your hope. No, it's, it's... no that's your hope. What? Okay, so you're saying science isn't going to come out with a vaccine, I, period. I, I, no, nobody. no, I think what he's saying is that if there is a vaccine, it'll come from science, but there's no guarantee that there will be a vaccine. You talk like it's some kind of given. It, it is not. We know it's a fact. It's just the matter of the month when it comes out and the fact is revealed to all. That sounds like religion. I think that there will be a vaccine, but I don't know when that's going to be. And I think a lot of people are a lot more optimistic about it being sooner than later. I'm one to be more along the mindset of it will come eventually. I hope it will come eventually, but it's not something that's going to come quickly. I hope it will come eventually, too. Maybe I dwell too much on this, but we do not have an AIDS vaccine. There's been no disease of that societal impact. AIDS has been around, what, 40 years? Yeah. But we have a therapeutic for AIDS. Yes, we do. And it's gigantically expensive, and it keeps right. people on it for the rest of their lives, and people still die of AIDS. Which gives a drug company a non-incentive to find a cure if they have a therapeutic that they're making bank on. Glad you guys are sitting down, because I'm not <laughs> so cynical to think if there was a company that actually had one, that they would release it. But can you imagine, just from a business standpoint, that they would not be allowed to monetize it like somebody can a therapeutic? There will be a demand that it is released to the world for minimal pricing, if not free, 100%. Well, if you're going to take this virus out of circulation, 
that has to be done. You have to vaccinate the majority of the world, not just people in the United States you know, that, that have money, not just the wealthy that have the money. It has to, yeah, so it has to be widely distributed. But Jeff, no, it don't. That's absolutely to me, and this is why I was in that kind of funk, or still am, is they don't have to do that. It can absolutely be a haves and have-nots. Right, no, no, I'm saying the theory is if you want to totally, you can't ever eradicate a, a virus, but to get it down to the point where it's not harmful, like the flu virus. I get where you're coming from. It's not that I disagree on the science and in this perfect world of not a war game, but a, like a, hey, we're gonna do a scenario where there's a vaccine. How would we distribute it? And what percentage of the people has to get it? All of those things that I think would be great. And that's how it has to happen. I don't think it is going to happen. And I think there's multiple reasons why it won't. Even if they had a vaccine, the distribution part feels insurmountable. The percentage of people that won't take it feels insurmountable. Right. There's also no guarantee that they figure this out. And when I hear Fauci, he said, we're going to get there, but not by the end of the year, right? Was that how he couched it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in the 2021, which is where most scientists are. Nah, uh, the science, no, no. You seek that information out. You seek that information out. And the scientists that you listen to say that. But can you really say that that is a scientific consensus or if that is a media science consensus for the stuff that you look out for? I guess I'm not following you there. So the information you get is basically mass media. No, no, no. My main source now is from, I've talked about this before, This Week in Virology. It's not a peer-reviewed paper. It's a podcast. And we all know any asshole can make a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Not just any. Three from suburban and exurban Atlanta. Three specific that I know of. (laughs) (laughs) sorry jeff we're cracking ourselves up okay well i'm just saying that these people are like they're professors in universities they're researchers they dialogue with people that are on the front line they're experts in the field yes and so they're they wish they were could they could be apolitical but they acknowledge that they can't this time because they know this stuff is being politically driven and they also know that that this is capitalistically driven as well. So they know what the science is and they know what the vaccine possibilities are, but they also understand that capitalism has screwed up. You're talking about HIV. That's driven by capitalism is like, where can we make our money? So they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard spot. You know, they, they know what science can do, but then they know what the reality of politics and capitalism, they're realistic about this. They're, you know, it's going to be available, but But Jeff, you are still listening to the opinions. Not opinions. You are listening to the information filtered through a handful of people that, quote, speak for science. And they may be people you trust. And I probably trust them too. But when we assign capital S science, it is capital to people or ideas. There's a lot of science going on right now. Mm -hmm. You are getting your science information, which you probably know more than Don and I combined. Times 10. Now in immunology and virology. But you are still hearing this through a mass media filter. It's no different than watching these guys do a TV show every night. Because a lot of us 
were pretty hyped about the Russia investigation in the Mueller report watching Rachel Maddow because she's super smart and I trust Mm -hmm. her. She is a deep thinker and I think she was right about most of it, but wrong, unfortunately, on the impact of the Mueller report. So I'm not saying that those people aren't smart, but I have a hard time assigning all science to the people that I follow on Twitter, the doctors, the scientists. And I think it's a hope because these people are smart that good things are soon going to follow. They don't say that. They say the potential is there, but they also understand the realities. Yeah, but the potential is there that there's God too. Why don't we believe in that? No, I don't see that potential. They're selling hope. Well, you don't think they're selling hope? They're not selling anything. They are giving you the information that they're seeing from peer-reviewed studies. That's the best we have at this point. And they are also open to understand that, as we've learned through this whole thing, the facts change as we learn more and more. I don't know if it's a facts change, but we learn more about what the actual facts are. But you know what I'm saying, the way it spread. We didn't think initially that asymptomatic was a big deal, and now we found out it is. We thought initially that kids weren't super spreaders, now we're finding out they are. That's the nature of science. As you learn more information, you change where you stand on that stuff. That's the problem with the evangelicals. Hashtag segue. So Paulding County, uh, we can open up that whole can of worms, but they had a board meeting with Paulding County, Paulding County School District, exurban Atlanta, bordering close to where you live. Oftentimes where I go to the doctor and stuff is over in Paulding County. So it's real close by. But this is the county that's made national headlines yes. for the last week. Right. Where the, they took the picture in the hall of all the kids without the mask. Right. Aggressively go back to school. Yeah. It's open to schools. Basically exposing the moronic idea of let's put a bunch of kids in a confined space. No masks, no protections for teachers. No nothing. Business as usual. So that was the uh, canary in a coal mine kind of situation. Now they're having outbreaks. They had to shut down the North Paulding High School. That's where that viral image came from. No pun intended. And, you know, everybody knew what was going to happen there. Everybody didn't know. Well. Everybody you know knew. Yeah. But everybody didn't know. But they're still in denial, is my point. A lot of higher-ups in the Paulding County Board of Education were hopeful that nothing was going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So they had to shut down this high school and they were planning on just having it shut for Monday and Tuesday of this week. They were going to spray everything, disinfect everything down because that was going to fix it. Theater. And send kids back on Wednesday. Well, they decided, no, okay, so we're going to open it again this next week, but it'll be a hybrid, whatever that means. I don't don't know how they're going to work that. But Jeff, Fulton County is planning on implementing that kind of hybrid mode not too long after Labor Day. And Cobb has, where you and I live, has a five-phase plan to get kids back at school. A plan. Right, but if they meet the timeline, they're going to do it. And it's quick. But it's very evasive about what the criteria is for that to go into play. Yeah, no shit. I wonder why. So my point on the Pauling County thing, though, is so they had a school board meeting and they invited people to speak. It's available on YouTube. On YouTube. We can put a link on there if you want to watch it. Very powerful speeches, I guess you call it, from the teachers that are super concerned about their health and well-being. Rightfully so. One point that I thought I was flabbergasted by it was this teacher that said that they were supposed to supply the teachers with these cleaning agents that were all safe 
and effective, found out they substituted something else that caused allergic reactions, asthmatic uh, reactions. And no, you're supposed to put on all kinds of like hazmat kind of gear to use it. So there's just total incompetence. But if you listen to the anti-mask people that spoke in that thing, they're using no science. In other words, they were going back to saying that masks aren't proven to work. But Jeff, they're using science. Well, no, no, they are. I'm not saying that their science is as good as our science. Their science is bad science. We are the true science people. And I only sort of kid because people like that will always shoot back with, do the research. And they can point to back when Fauci and the Surgeon General were saying, don't wear a mask. Well, that was because the only option that was, a, you know, uh, in the science purview at that time was the N95 mask that we had to save. That was a messaging fail. Uh, well, absolutely. That was a messaging fail. And I don't think these people aren't saying that, though. I mean, they, some of them may be. But well, she was saying that masks don't work. Well, these are the type of people that will look at the Duke study that just recently came out and said that like bandanas and I don't know what the, the proper term for it is, but basically what it looks like to me is like a, a, a buff from Survivor. Don't they call those gators? Gator, yeah, a neck gator. That those are not effective. Gators are actually counterproductive. Yeah, counterproductive. They're, they're worse than not wearing a mask. They'll take that little tidbit out of that whole big Duke study and forget that every other type of mass that they tested showed to be effective. They'll take the two that were not effective and say, look, this shows that masks are not effective. Now, don't judge this statement by the parade of idiots that were in Washington, D.C. They have their own doctors. They have their own, air quotes, experts. Oh, yeah. Yes. They will tout the science and the, air quotes, research as justifications for what they think and believe. To say that they distrust science, they technically don't because they almost always come with some version of science of their own. Anti-vaxxers do, the natural folks do, the essential oils and the smells, and even the crystal people come up with their own spin on science. They all say it's science. Yeah. yeah. So they don't hate it. They just don't agree with ours, which we think, again, back to the religion, is the only true science. Yeah. Our God... Now, that's God. Your gods? That's not really God. Well, and they also think that since science changes their story, that's why you shouldn't trust them. That's definitely a threat. They don't understand that science is ever-evolving. What science is basically the best model as we understand things to be. And when new evidence is presented, we will change that model. So back in February and March, when the experts didn't have, air quotes, all the answers then the experts don't know anything. The experts are the ones that are going to figure it out. They know more about this than you do, but they don't know exactly what's going on right now. But they're the ones that are going to get the answers. Do you think super spreader events, like what seems inevitable to happen after Sturgis? Oh, God, yes. Let's get a bunch of people from all over the country yep. to come together in one place and mingle aggressively not mask and then go back to where they came from and go see smash mouth yeah oh yeah and quiet riot but the big thing is weird because 
Sturgis now, it's you still do have the hardcore biker, but you have a lot of weekend warrior bikers as well that show up to like Daytona Bike Week or Sturgis that Monday through Friday, they're a podiatrist, but they ride their bike and put their leather on on the weekends kind of a thing. This Sturgis rally is going to have effects all over the country. You talk about super spreaders. Tentacles are going to reach extremely far on this one. And how many people are going to change their mind from it? None. Maybe that's like the sliver of, we'll call them the Chuck Woolery contingent. Yeah. That all of a sudden, when somebody close to him gets it, the number of the antis seems to be growing. Or is that just my impression from my filter? So have you seen any of the videos from Sturgis on YouTube? Yep. I saw the Smash Mouth concert. I've watched, there's been some videos that come into my stream because I Googled that, or YouTube did, I guess, in the search thing. And so these people are out and proud. They're anti-maskers. They're pro-Trump. Oh, we all saw the unfortunately naked lady. With the Mount Rushmore painted on her chest? With him on it. She wasn't naked. She had paint on her. Yeah. On her Tetons. <laughs> I wonder if they charge to body spray by the square foot. <laughs> oh, 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 that's terrible. Now, by the way. I'm sorry. Fat jokes are out, but that. <laughs> he was talking about the size of the, uh, the Tetons. Tetons. Sure he was. Nothing else. So, <laughs> sure yeah. he was. Yeah. Anyway, Jeff. <laughs> to me, that is kind of, it was one of those, hmm, kind of moments for me. Uh, come over to the dark side, Jeff. It's never going to get any better. What I was trying to figure out is so bikers, especially Sturgis bikers, don't seem to be overly religious. You know, there's a lot of wild stuff that goes on there in Sturgis. What are you saying? That people get rowdy at a biker rally? Well, they... they How dare you? Yes, Jeff. Please be more specific. They, they seem to be like Trump in his former years. Yeah, I, I bet... It's like the majority of those guys aren't atheists. I bet they wouldn't claim to be atheists. True. But there's something going on there. And then on the other side of that coin, you have the super religious, the evangelical. Well, I say super religious. I think that's bullshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the ultra delusional. Yeah, yeah. Who is contrarian now? Do, do you have like a dessert beer in the back of your fridge? Because you might need to have it because all of a sudden... It's pretty salty in here. Well, actually, I, I decided to reach over and grab a rye malt whiskey. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. That explains that. ASW here in Atlanta. Straight hard liquor. So I'm I'm going down to bike a trail here. Uh, but, but yeah, John MacArthur, you know, megachurch pastor in Los Angeles, or yeah, Los Angeles area, where California kind of stepped things up to shut down these large gatherings. Well, his church is doing a counter-protest, I guess. And so his sanctuary holds about 3,000 people as two services a day, and they're packing them in there. No social distancing, no masks, and they're out and proud about it. And he goes to the, the stats about, well, it only affects, you know, well, like 99.98% of the people don't uh, get anything from it. So Right. Those are the math people. Those are the gamblers that are like, my odds, even if I get it. Now, it seems like the odds go up to like 100%. The, of getting it, the more you do stuff like this. Right. You know, what you're really betting is they should be thinking this. 
when I get it, the odds are good that I'm not going to be one of those people that died. That's a hell of a bet to play. Yeah. yeah. If you're right, you get to, it feels very Logan's run. If you're right, you get to live your life like you used to. And for way too many people, life as they knew it still kind of sucked. So to get back to that would be like, huh, okay. But the risk of losing is much greater like much greater you die but also they have the mindset and this uh, one of the parents that spoke at this paulding county school board meeting that god is in control so in other words it doesn't matter what we do because god has a plan and if you know god's plan is for me to die of a virus jesus has taken the wheel mm, yeah jesus has the swab <laughs> There's an you know, afterlife that I'm looking forward to. So, you know, if that's the plan for me to, to check out. So be it. That was God's plan. The thing that pisses me off is like they have no concept about. So you people then go out in the community. You go shopping at the stores that we shop out, probably not wearing a mask. But Jeff, they're not afraid. Why should you be? Why should your fear stop me from living my life? How do you convince somebody like that? that there is any semblance of shared sacrifice and common goal that we all want to get to. You're not. Those are foreign concepts. Right. Welcome to Club Jer. <laughs> There's Barca loungers in the corner. I got an Xbox and 7.1 soundbar with a big TV that we're going to listen to proper audio and we're going to be bummed out because we know the world or believe or do see no evidence that the world is doing anything to stop its inevitable decline. So in this special room, can I take off my carbon dioxide infused mask? That's a good question. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> because the virus can still come into to Club Jair. And yep. Club Jair wants to stay open for many more years. So until your favorite pharma company, Fantasy Drugs Inc. creates a vaccine for everybody to be cured. Free. We're gonna be wearing masks for a while, even in Club Club Jer, especially in Club Jer. They'd have to wear a mask to enter my club of despair. That's an infringement on my right. Well, I'm going to wear a neck gaiter because I ordered this really cool looking one before the Duke study came out. So, I mean, I paid money for it, so I might as well. You know. I have a very large bouncer with a mask that's going to toss you back into Paulding <laughs> County. So you didn't talk me out of it. No, I think we joined you in despair. And agony on me. No, and that's the thing is I understand your pessimism and I'm I'm kind of down there with you. It's it doesn't feel pessimistic. It feels realistic. Realistic. Yeah, yeah. Yep. From my perspective, I think Jerry is pessimistic. I think you're optimistic, and I'm kind of in between. Really? So really, when yeah. you judge everybody else, you're the sane middle. Everybody else is on an extreme. I am the mean <laughs> <laughs> that everybody is judged from. Exactly. Everybody else, everybody else is a little crazy. Me. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> Y'all are fucking crazy. So we're the radicals. But you know what, Don? You know, we share that. I don't understand why everyone doesn't agree with me either. <laughs> I honestly think 50% of the world's population agrees with me and 50% disagrees. Honestly, I have surprisingly thought about that. But who wants to think that? Like, yeah. I don't want to think that. I'm sure you hope you're wrong. Oh, oh, I prove <laughs> me wrong tomorrow. You know, like mock me mercilessly. Dunk on me all you oh, will. Oh, big time. <laughs> Big time. I will stand under under a five-foot rim, and you can nerf 
fall dunk on me all day and night. I hope I am wrong. Mm-hmm. But and we'll be happy about I, it. I, I will. I will take my lumps. That is almost a perfect scenario. I was just thinking, how funny would it be that a vaccine came out the day before this episode? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I you know what? I would do a special pod where, okay, welcome to a Godless Heathens <laughs> podcast extra. This is Jerry. I'm turning my mic off, and you will get to hear Jeff and Don laugh at me for as long as you can handle it. See you in a few minutes. Longest episode ever. Yeah, right. You won't even have to edit it. Let me toss this uh, out there. Is it like a lawn dart or something safer? It's a Nerf ball. So I think we would all pretty much agree that the people that are the stumbling block. Let's just call them them. The other, the irresponsible, probably, you know, in in our country represent maybe 30 to 40 percent. Does that sound plausible? Oh, God, man, I hope not. What do you mean? That's your dotard base. The numbers that I've seen for people favoring masks and stuff is higher than that. I would hope so. Well, that's my point, is that those people that are the stumbling block are in the minority. Definitely. So in a democracy, why are we letting them lead us around by the nose ring? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Horshack face and action. <laughs> ooh, 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 Mr. 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 Jeff, Mr. Jeff, I know the answer. You got the answer? All right. Because they're louder and they're more organized. Yes. They have a message. They feel aggrieved. They feel unheard. They feel that that they have the capital T truth. And in their head, there's a, a scheduled protest on the Marietta Square in downtown Marietta, Georgia, Saturday for pro-opening schools. Probably a day after some of you will hear this. Day before. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry. You will listen to it the day after the protest. Where is the thank you, Cobb County, for making sure that schools are online only? Thank you for yep. keeping us safe. Yep. Where's the Facebook groups? Where's right, the protests? Right. Where's the, the threads on next door? Yes. And the reason why, and this is a plug that will drop before this actually happens, is our local community book club is reading Catherine Stewart's The Power Worshippers, Inside the Dangerous Rise of Religious Nationalism. Mm-hmm. She's actually going to join us on our, our Zoom meeting. If you read this book, you're going to really hit your head on the desk several times. So I, I would suggest wearing a helmet. <laughs> Recommendations of Rama this time. Well, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing that you're talking about, Jerry, is the right is so organized beyond belief. And it's not just um, religious people, but, you know, there's oligarchs that are also, you know, kind of supporting all this stuff. Jeff, I, not that I don't agree with you, but these anti-maskers, do you think they see this as left versus right? Yes, absolutely. Not in Cobb. I think that's a little too tidy. I think they believe that schools need to be open for a lot of different reasons, and they are loud about it. And they yes. think that their cause is as just as anybody that marched post-George Floyd. They adopt the tactics. They adopt the organization. They think their cause is absolutely as righteous. And one of you guys earlier in the show said something like, we're here, deal with it or something like that. And that is a chant from the early AIDS activism. We're here, we're queer, get used to it. And they say a similar version. Now, Don't get me wrong. I am not equating these causes. They're not equal. But they adopt the language. 
They adapt the stridency. They see what's worked in the past and, and follow that model. They're organized and they're loud. They're loud and they're getting yeah. attention because there's no counter effort and they make politicians scared. There's often somebody behind the scenes that's organizing these groups. It's not just like a parent has said, hey, I want to rise up. Do you really think, though, that there is an invisible Coke hand behind the reopen schools? Um, yeah, well. These days? Yep. You can't totally count it out. But there are people that want schools to open so they can go back to work. So who does that benefit? It benefits me because if I'm, I'm speaking as one of these people, because if I don't work, I get thrown out of my house. I have to work. And it's not necessarily that people have to go to work. A lot of people are working from home and can't get work done because they're... They're trying to full-time teach their kids. I understand that. And that's the reason that, you know, that I see Kemp. Georgia Governor Kemp. He does not want to mandate masks. He doesn't want to do any kind of backing off of shutting down businesses because corporations want workers to be out there. I don't see that, ma'am. You don't see... I think these protests are way more grassroots than that. I am not saying corporations are, are the balm of our soul and are going to save us. <laughs> I, I, I don't say that at all. And it may not be corporations in general. It might be the stockholders of those corporations. But Jeff, that's just big companies. Small companies, if they're not working, that you know, that they're not listed on the, you know, the Dow or the NASDAQ, that's a bulk of companies. If these people aren't working, they're going to get evicted. They're going to lose their house or they're going to lose their job. Yeah, I understand. And you understand. I, look, I'm not saying that I agree with them, but they do have a point of view that is not being addressed by the Republicans. Yes, but I would say that if, and I agree that small businesses are the ones that are especially like restaurants and, and pubs and things like that. But if people would wear masks, that would dramatically solve the issue. I mean, it would minimize the issue, wouldn't solve the issue. You got a mask rule now for Cobb Public Schools. Do you reopen them? Everybody's got to wear a mask every minute they're in the building. Do you reopen the schools? It's more than just masks. So the answer to that is no. Their response to that is going to be, I cannot function one of their responses because as we've discussed, there's a lot of them. But I can't work. I cannot teach my kids. I am paying taxes. I need a place for my kids to go to school, not just because I have to work, but because they are not learning at home. Yes, but you parent, the ones that are going to be protesting on the square, when you go out to shop, are you wearing a mask or are you not wearing a mask? If you haven't worn a mask, you're participating in this rise of the spread of the virus. But a mask, as you just said, when it comes to schools, isn't enough. I know it's not. It's community spread. But not community spread. You're saying that schools should not reopen, which by the way, I agree with you. From a scientific standpoint, they absolutely should not be open. You're going to have Paulding County and Cherokee County problems everywhere in the United States where that mindset takes hold. When you say problems, you mean the fact that the schools opened and within what, a week? A day. There was a kid on the first day 
they were shut down because there was hundreds of children that needed to be quarantined? Absolutely. So th- this experiment lasted less than a week before they had to shut schools but down. They, and they had the first case on the first day. I mean, it wasn't... Right, but it's, it's tied to community spread. It, and I can't remember what the number is, the goal. I think it's below 5%. And Cobb and you know some of the others are like over 10%. First, you have to get that down. And then the there's another number that's like, you know, how individuals spread it. But Jeff, act like you're talking to somebody that wants to send their kids back to school. I'm going to act like that yeah. person. I don't I don't care about your numbers. I don't believe your yeah. numbers. I don't care about your numbers. My kid needs to be in school. I've got numbers at work and I have to get them up or I'm going to lose my job and I can't get that done if my kid's in the house. And the biggest number is my mortgage or my rent. Yeah or my job, because without my job, I don't have health insurance. There's just a cascade of terrible things that will happen. And I honestly, I, I feel for these people because I get it. I'm lucky enough to work from home. I hear people all day talking to their kids. Yep. And when school is back in session, it's kind of a regional thing right now. Like we are dealing with it because schools open way earlier. The national media is still talking about what's going to happen when school reopens. Oh, by the way, here's what's happening in Georgia. We're the canary in the coal mine for the rest of the country. They're not even paying attention. Like the media doesn't feel like it is because they're still talking about what happens after Labor Day. We're in it. And look, the social safety net, if there is one, is not helping these people. Because if we're doing more about the virus... We wouldn't have to worry about it. But because we're not, these problems get created and more people kind of opt out of the science because I need to go to work or my kids need to be in school. I can't teach them. They are falling behind. Our house is a shit show 16 hours a day and I'm going to gravitate towards science that confirms what I want. And that's what they do. Right. And they're going to disregard everything that Kemp has done here. In other words, we were one of the first states that started backing off of the shutdown. That kind of explains where we're at. And he's one of the, the holdouts as far as mandating masks. And we see where we're at there. So if they're mad, they should be mad at somebody. They should be mad at Kemp. They shouldn't be mad at the teachers who are afraid uh, for their lives or the lives of their loved ones. When's the teachers protest? You know, uh, I, I don't know. I, but because seriously, and this is one of those times when if they had a union here, right, which is one of the reasons that they don't want unions down here. They don't want big groups of employees getting all uppity. But where are the teachers? Are the teachers afraid if they speak out, they can lose their job? If so, that's bad in and of itself. Gwinnett County had a huge teacher protest um, a week or two ago, something like that. I don't know if having a protest, like a counter-protest at the same time, is going to help things or not. Uh, Jeff, you know what's going to happen? They've let every television station in town know when that protest is going to be. So So there's going to be cameras there from every TV station because they have been gifted a news story on a weekend where they have a skeleton crew. So they're going to go down there and they're going to do stories and they're going to get sound bites and it's going to be a A block story all over Atlanta for a couple of days. So they're going to 
own. And there's no counter protest. None. They're going to own the airwaves, which means they own the message. So the idea of showing up and by brute numbers overpowering their message with, with a different message is basically out of the question because we can't at, even at least counteract get, it. get our own get together and throw a bone to the news media. Yeah, but I mean, we don't know that there's not a counter protest. I've just not, I'm not on Facebook a whole lot. Maybe I should go on there and find out if there's any kind of a organized counter protest to that. Don't I you would think definitely... though that your network would be tied into that? What network? I think if there would be a counter protest, you'd have heard I about would think. it. Oh, yeah. I'll have to ask my but, source. Look, and I'm not, look, I'm not ripping on teachers or ripping on anybody that doesn't go down there to counter protest. But the protesters, like protesters anywhere, have something they feel they are passionate enough about to protest and make signs and chant and get together and tell the world what they think. Yeah, but teachers shouldn't be put in this awkward position. No question. You are a thousand percent right. They should not be. However, they are. So now what? And it's not just teachers, but that's obviously a large affected group. If you and I went down there to counter protest, what, what sign would you make and what impact would it have against? Are you committing to making a sign and going down there on Saturday? Oh, I might could do that. I'll do that. I, my sign? Because I've thought about this. Could have masks save lives. That's not entirely appropriate because they could say, okay, we'll wear a mask. Our kids are wearing masks the whole time we reopen schools so my sign would be more maybe that's the problem we don't have a sign worthy message catchy they do open the schools maybe it would be close the schools until the virus is gone right where's your fucking mask that's what i was a little wordy but there are children not guinea pigs <laughs> right i'm a teacher where's my rights citizens for safe teachers or citizens for keeping teachers safe. How about science is my co-pilot? <laughs> <laughs> what would science do? Kill the virus, then open schools. Maybe something like that. Wear a fucking mask and then open schools. Yeah, well, yeah uh, all right. Wearing a mask isn't, isn't really a good retort, though, because I'll have my kid wear a mask, open the school. I don't know. We'll have to think about it. That is not the keep your rosaries off my ovaries message. Exactly. Oh, that's what we need. That's what <laughs> yeah. we need. We need that kind of a message. Pithy. Hey, if it rhymes, it's right. Wear a mask or I'll kick your ass. <laughs> On that <laughs> <That's> note. Just... <laughs> Who's got a recommendation? Me, me. Go. What you got? All right. Hit. So I'm going with book. The book I'm reading right now is uh, is titled How the South Won the Civil War. Yeah. Who's doom and gloom now, Jeff? That's <laughs> that's my brand, brother. It is. It, you would love this book. Right. That'd be, you, know, you should read it. That's right up your alley. Stay <laughs> in your lane, Jeff. <laughs> no, I mean, because essentially that's where we're at with this next election is do we want an oligarchy or do we want a democracy? It really gives you kind of the background history on how this kind of mentality, you know, from the antebellum South was exported out West and, you know, how we got these states, you know, with two senators that have hardly any population that are now kind of driving stuff. So it's, it's a very informative yet depressing book in kind of the same genre as uh, Catherine Stewart's book. So playing to type, I'm going to recommend a TV show. No, no, wait, wait, wait. You're the podcast guy. I'm the TV show guy. You need to stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to do TV. It has a very generic name, but it is absolutely riveting, and it's called November 13, Attack on Paris. Never heard of it. Everybody has heard of the Attack on Paris where terrorists shoot up cafes and a concert hall, and it starts outside a international soccer game. Where basically yeah. terrorists, terrorists like rip through Paris the, on a horrible evening of November 13th. This is a first-person documentary from people involved, from the people at the concert hall to firefighters, SWAT team, street cops, medics, the president of France, the interior minister, the mayor of Paris, and it's all first person about what happened on that night. And it I could not turn the TV off because it was, because for, for us, you know, like for, a, for the, a few years after 9-11, more so than now, but there's still kind of a, a reverence isn't the right, isn't the, totally the term, but you know, you got to kind of talk about 9-11 with the respect that it kind of deserves. Yep. Take your hat off when you talk about it. Yeah. It, it's like a memory that the nation is never going to get over. This is kind of a similar, maybe not, I don't want to say equivalent, but it has a similar impact in France. I was going to say, I wonder if, if people in France knew exactly where they were when they heard the news oh, of this incident. For sure. Like we were when we knew exactly where we were. No when, doubt. When we heard the news of And in the 80s, yeah. it was when the shuttle blew up. There's just momentous stories, occasions that people never forget. And it is all in French. It is super well done. And because it is all in French, and this is a good thing, you have to pay attention, unless you speak French, you have to pay attention. You have to read subtitles. You can't be looking at your phone. You know, you can't be watching TV like we all do now, a laptop or a phone or, you know, you got to pay attention. And little TV, little Facebooking. Right. Like none of that. Episode two is all about the concert hall part of the story. And it's amazing, emotional. Every once in a while you laugh, but to hear it in the words of the people that were there, it was super intense. And I think everybody should watch it. This is on on what? Netflix. And it's and it's been out for a couple years. And I have no idea huh. because the algorithmic gods don't tell me. I don't know why this popped up on my Netflix, but it's two years old. It's because you watched that 70s show. Out, <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> that is not why. So wear your masks, everyone. No shit, Sherlock. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Wait, what are we thinking? Hmm. It's been two weeks. What? Why do people, when they mess up, why are their names Jerry? Jerry Falwell with his pants down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Jerry, come talk to to the heathens. You can talk to another fellow Jerry. He just lost his job. He's got nothing to do anyway. He's not overseeing a school or anything. Tell us what the story was. What was actually in your glass of, quote, black liquid? <laughs> so he gets that if he drinks that he gets exactly what he deserved. Yeah, we could have a whole episode just on that little picture right there. Maybe next week. Bye, Jerry Falwell. Come on, <laughs> see y'all two weeks. All right.
him with my gun. He made me mad. The devil's bad. The devil is a bum, but the devil is my friend. The devil is my friend. Wherever I go, the devil goes. The devil is my friend, and Godzilla is my friend. Godzilla is my friend. Wherever I go, Godzilla goes. Godzilla is my friend, and Shrinko was my friend, and Bridget was my friend, and Andrew Bob he just popped up. Now Gorbachev is my friend, and Francis Nutter is my friend. Francis Nutter is my friend. Wherever I go, Sinatra goes. Frankie is my friend, and Love and Rockets are my 